Man, thank you to Alex and Lizzie and Miss Janet uh, for their leadership. Uh, you're you're going to see as we kind of walk through the message today, those songs were perfect for today. And, and the passage that we're at, some of the, some of the things that God's drawn out through testimony and worship today, um, I, I think are a bit unexpected for the passage that we're at. Today we're going to talk about God calming our fears or Jesus calming our fears. The kids are also going to be talking about that, and uh, I'll mention that some more in a minute. I want to say thank you also um, for the testimonies this morning, for everybody sharing. I, I, I was thinking about this um, while, while testimonies were happening. I have a, a good friend of mine that's a pastor of a church, and one day I was telling him about our testimony time because I love it so much, and he was horrified that we do that, and he was horrified because he's like, you mean you have a mic that anyone can come share at, and there's like one of the things you learn when you're doing this kind of thing is if you let someone speak in a mic, you hold the mic so that you can pull it away when necessary. It's kind of like the, the guy behind the curtain with the hook to jerk him off stage. Um, but, but I was telling him, first of all, God told us to do that, and so I'm at peace with it. But second of all, man, it's so sweet um, getting to share those moments together. Thank you, Ms. Debbie, um, for, for sharing this morning. That was such a sweet note. And thank you for directing our kids to think about that for themselves. That was really, really special. Um, so thank you all, all for that. Two weeks ago, Carrie kicked us off in our Christmas messages by sharing that Jesus is God's plan. And I love, he did such a great job with that. Jesus was the plan from the beginning before anything was created. And, and John tells us that in the beginning of his gospel. And Jesus came to fulfill God's plan to redeem us. And Jesus is going to return again and redeem the whole world. And we're super excited about that. Last week, um, we got to meet the Williams family. We heard Kenneth share about their call to go to Liberia. Liberia is a small country in West Africa. And that's where Kenneth grew up. His parents were missionaries there. Um, and so super, super awesome. That's not on the recording. But um, like I said earlier, we've got some um, little pamphlets that they gave us that share their story. If you weren't able to be here Please go pick one of those up. And, and I also want you guys to know that we're supporting them financially through our giving to the TGP network. The network supports them. But if, if God is calling you to do more, then you do what he's asking you to do. They asked for, for three things, that we would pray for them, that we would pray about giving to them, and then we pray about going to work with them, uh, either long-term or short-term missions, whatever God's calling you to. So just wanted to, to mention that again. If you were... Um, if you weren't able to get here, yeah, grab one of those things. I'm looking through my notes here, what I wanted to make sure I said. So we're going to continue today in our Christmas series. And as a quick reminder, we are studying the same stories as our kiddos are. Um, and keep that in mind as we work through this passage today, as we think about the things that God is speaking to us. Just in your mind, make some little notes of how you can have conversations about some of those things with your kids. Um, we're going to be reading the story today of, of the angel Gabriel going to Mary to tell her what God is going to do through her life. And Mary's response is one that I think um, all of us would expect from ourselves if an angel appeared before us and said something like he says to Mary. And it's, Mary's response is, is one that not only do we identify with, but it, we see it in the moment that there's some fear there. And that's going to be the point of our passage today is that Jesus calms our fear. I think it's safe to say that when God calls us to something, there is typically an element of fear in that. Whether it's something big or something little, some fear is there. And that's not something to hide or be ashamed of, but it's something that we got to talk about, right? It's something that we need to talk about with our kids, that when God asks you to do something, sometimes, kids, that's a little scary, and it's okay that it's a little bit scary because God is going to be there with us. Today's 
uh, our passages about Jesus calming our fears. We're going to look in Luke chapter 1. If you want to turn there, we're going to start in verse 26. And I'm going to read today from the New, New Living Translation. I like the wording of that, particularly around some sensitive subjects. So um, uh, it'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. So picking up in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. So this is a story that we're all familiar with, right? We read this every Christmas whether it be in church or something that you're doing at home. Earlier in this year, right after Christmas, when we began our Luke study, I covered this passage, and we focused on what God was doing in terms of the salvation of the world and the historical things. All that was great. That's not going to be our focus today. Today, we're going to focus more closely on what God does as he acts in our lives. We're going to see what he does in Mary's life, the way she responds, the way God responds to her, and we're going to make some parallels to how we can do the same in our lives. We're going to look at the interaction between God and Gabriel and Mary to give us some insight on how we should respond to God's activity in our lives. Point number one for today is that relinquishing control of our lives brings fear. I want to talk about that for a minute. I shared this morning the testimony about Rakot. There's no doubt in my mind. I haven't talked to Rakot personally. She wasn't here with him the other day. There's no doubt in my mind that when she found out that she was going to South Sudan, that there was some fear in her. Right? Can you imagine there being some fear there? And, and I don't know if you know the history of South Sudan, but there used to be a guy there named Joseph Coney who would go into northern Uganda and kidnap children and make them child soldiers. So this is a well-known, historically documented thing that's happening. And Rakot finds out that she, a young woman from northern Uganda, is going there to share the gospel of Jesus. And certainly... There had to be some fear for Kenneth and Christy as they are sending their daughter back home to her home country and village to share the gospel. I can't even imagine the anxiety of sending one of my daughters across the world to go and to share the gospel. And I cannot begin to imagine the range of emotions that Rakoten must have been feeling when she realized not only where YWAM was sending her, but where God ultimately was going to send her back to. Yet in spite of her fear... She relinquished control of her life into Jesus' hands, and she went. And her decision to go to South Sudan changed her life, and it's going to change the lives, catch this, it is going to change the lives of people in Kotito, Uganda, and the surrounding villages because she 
faced her fear because she knew that God was greater than her fear. In our passage today, we see God asking Mary to take on something that is socially, emotionally, and physically challenging. And church, I want us to understand that as we follow Jesus, we are going to face difficult things. Years ago, we led the youth group through a book called Do Hard Things, and it's written by these two teenage boys who who really just face the reality that we can do hard things. Often in our lives, we look at hard things and we go, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. I was reminded this last week when we were doing all the funeral stuff that my grandfather had a saying, can't never could and never will be able to. And often we look at things in our lives, right? Yeah, can't never could and never will be able to. We look at difficult things in our lives often and we think, I can't do that. Or maybe I won't do that. We know that God isn't going to ask any of us to do the same thing that he asked Mary, right? Like we can just go ahead and just wipe that one out. That one's been done. It's not going to happen again. There's not an opportunity for that one, that particular thing. However, that doesn't mean that God's not going to ask us to do something that's super challenging. Maybe something as challenging as God's asking her coat to go and do. But I was, as I was writing this passage, as I was thinking about all of your faces and thinking about the things that God has done in your life, I know that all of you have faced things that are super challenging. You've experienced the difficulty that comes with those challenges. And some of those difficulties are because of the fact that we live in a broken world, right? They are just difficult because the world is broken and that's where it is. This is not a new phenomenon. We've talked about that a lot. And we see all through Scripture that the people, the prophets, the patriarchs, all of them face these really difficult challenges. And doing difficult things is hard for many reasons, but one major one that I want us to focus on today is that we have to trust someone other than ourselves. It's not easy for us to give over control and to trust God. Just like it wasn't easy for Rakot to give up that control, it isn't easy for us to give control of our lives over to God. Because we don't want to be hurt, right? Let's be honest. Some of that self-preservation, that that fear that's in us is natural and it's normal and God designed us to be that way. Like if I see a snake, I'm not going over by that snake. I'm just not going to do it. That fear is in me. Worse than that, a spider. Mm -mm, Nope, not me. Burn it down to the ground. I'm, I'm out. I don't like them. That fear is natural. All of us have fear in us. We don't want to face difficulties. And and if we're honest, we don't think that God would intentionally harm us or cause us difficulties. But the unknown things in life that happen when we give up control are what cause the fear to well up inside of us. We see Mary experiencing this. Look back at verse 29. The angel appears and, and says, Greetings, woman. You've been favored by God. In verse 29, Luke records, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Church, we are afraid when we're not the ones in control. I was thinking about this this passage this week, and I was reminded many years ago when Bethany was pregnant with Saley, we went on a road trip with my family, like a long road trip, long, long road trip, okay? And Bethany and I rode with one of my siblings, and the whole time this sibling was driving, we were scared. Because she's driving uh, with her knees, she's talking to the person sitting next to her, she's looking around. Frankly, she was focused on everything but the task of driving. 
and we were scared to say the least. At one point of the trip, we were in West Texas, and we hit, I don't remember the patch of water or a patch of ice. It was in the wintertime. We were headed snow skiing. Regardless of whatever we hit, we started spinning in the middle of the road. I think we made three rotations and then hit the guardrail in the median. You know how we got the cables there now in Louisiana? They were there back then in, in Texas, and we, we, the back bumper hit up against one of those, and, and the car finally stopped. Nobody was hurt, but it was not an enjoyable experience, to say the least. And, and now... I don't, I don't like riding when someone else is driving. Like, I'm good with Bethany. I trust her. But anybody else, I'm like, no, 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 I'll, I'll drive. I had a guy this week. Where I've got a meeting in North Arkansas. And he's like, do you want to just ride with me? Nope, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll take my own vehicle. Thank you very much. I don't like not being in control. And I know that I'm not alone in feeling that. For you, it may not be driving. It may be something else. But all of us like to, I, I love in, in uh, the, the last song we just sung, Take Over, like, what am I supposed to do with all my kingdoms next to you? The point of that bridge is, like, we have this bubble of, of, of our world around us that we feel like we're in control of, and we don't want to lose that control. These are our little kingdoms, and we want to protect that because it makes us feel safe. I know I'm not alone in wanting to have that control. Many of you have similar stories of someone else's mistake or someone else's negligence making you afraid to trust others. But when we let that fear of not being controlled bleed over into our spiritual lives, it causes problems. The distrust in us spreads to every area of our lives and even affects our ability to trust God. I believe this is part of the human condition, but I don't believe that it's permanent. I think it's something that the Lord can change in us as he teaches us to trust him. But here's the thing, that only happens if we allow it to happen we face that fear but we also see that very quickly when Mary expresses her fear by being confused and disturbed God addresses that fear I want us to see this morning that God knows that we struggle to trust him I want to say that again because I want you to hear me God knows that we struggle to trust him he sees the fear in us and he already has a plan to overcome that fear. When he sees the fear in you, he is not surprised. Even though you may be, God is not. We can see that he knows because of how he responds to Mary. It's confusion and fear. Look at, at verse 30. It says, Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And point number two is that God's presence and agents bring the reassurance that we need. Church, Mary expressed herself to God. She, Luke doesn't say if she said it out loud, but we know because we've seen Jesus do it a number of times in, in the gospel. He knows what's happening in our minds, right? He's aware of what we're thinking. And Mary was confused and disturbed. She's thinking about it. She's thinking about what she's experienced. And God addresses this inner dialogue within herself. I don't want us to miss that. As God is working in your life, express how you feel. You're not hiding it, okay? Sometimes we think those thoughts in our minds and we think, okay, if I, just, if I don't say it out loud, God won't know. He knows. He knows. God is working in your life. Express how you feel. If you're confused, if you're disturbed, if you're worried, if you're fearful, if you're angry, if you're tired, whatever the feeling might be, that list can go on and on and on. God already knows that you feel that way and he wants to address it. If you'll express it, you're going to realize that God already knew how you felt, 
and he had planned accordingly. God has Gabriel tell Mary not to be afraid. And then he lays out what's about to happen, which removes the confusion and allows the fear to dissipate. Look, going on in 31 through 33. He said, Gabriel says to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. I want us to see that the promise of God's plan brings clarity. God didn't give Mary the play-by-play of everything that was about to happen over the next 33, 34 years, right? He didn't say, all right, starting with day one, you're going to give birth, and then day two, this is going to happen. He didn't give her that. She couldn't handle all that at one time. She wasn't ready for that. But he did give her the 30,000-foot view, right? You ever been in an airplane that's at cruising altitude, and you look out, it's like you can see the whole world feels that way? This is the view that God gives Mary. Even though she didn't have all the details, God gave her enough to begin to calm her anxiety. And then look at verse 34 as Mary processes this information in real time. I love that we have this verse. It says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? She acknowledges what God is saying through Gabriel, but she still isn't quite sure how this is all going to go down. So, in response to her question, God gives her even more information. Look at 35 through 37. It says, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Do you see that God sent Gabriel with the information that God already knew that Mary was going to need? I want you to think about that. As far as we know, angels are, are not omniscient, right? They don't know everything like God does. I don't think that Gabriel knew the questions that Mary was going to ask until God told Gabriel, here's what you're going to say. And I want us to understand, God already knows where our struggles are going to be. I want to remind us that God's desire, church, is for us to know him, right? We talk about that all the time. God wants us to know him intimately. He wants us to know his innermost being. And if he asks us to do something, he's going to give us the details that we need so that we can know him. If God's walking us through an experience, it's not by accident. It's not happenstance. There is an intention that God has. There is something he wants us to know about who he is. And so if we see that challenge, if we see that difficulty, whether we're on the front side of it or the back side, we look, look and go back and go, wow, that was really hard. I can't believe I had to go through that. If that moment when we realize the difficulty is there, whether it's past or future, if we address it and say, God, what did you want me to know about you in this? God will give us those details. Not only did God give her the information, but he told her that she wasn't the only person with whom God was working. He tell her, tells her about a relative, Elizabeth, and what God is doing in her life. And I want us to see that sharing God's activity with one another like we do here on Sunday mornings, like we do on life groups, reveals its normalcy. It helps you and I to see that facing these hard things is not uncommon. We share testimony because we want one another to know, like Miss Debbie testified this morning, that there are days when we are looking for God's activity and we just don't see it. 
And then when you least expect it, God shows up with that love note that you needed. Right? We've normalized that in our church. We have come to understand that there are days when we feel super close to God and there are days where we don't feel super close to God. And both of those are okay. It's part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Hearing what God is doing in other people's lives helps to ease our fear because we realize we are not alone. And it also allows others to help us bear the burden of our difficulties. Do you realize that? When we share with people that something is hard, they may physically help us, but more than that, they're emotionally going to help us. They're spiritually going to help us by praying with us. And then they may show up with a hammer if that's what you need. But none of that can happen if you don't share with people what's going on. In addition, God encourages encourages us with his word. And we see Gabriel reminding Mary of that in verse 37. When I read this both times, I heard somebody go, hmm, which means it struck a chord with you. It says, for nothing will be impossible with God. A reminder of God's commitment to his people relieves our concerns. Another passage that's included in the children's curriculum today is from Isaiah, and it's God speaking through the prophet to remind the people of what they will do. Look at what Isaiah says in chapter 35, verse 1 through 4. It says, The wilderness and the dry land will be glad. The desert will rejoice and blossom like a wildflower. It will blossom abundantly and will also rejoice with joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, steady the shaking knees. Say to the cowardly, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming. He will save you. God wants to remind us that he is always faithful to his promises. God is always faithful. Gabriel wants Mary to remember that, and God wants you and I to remember that. God will always accomplish what he sets out to do. We can just write that down, chisel it in stone. And knowing that God gives, knowing that gives us the confidence to trust God and then to do what he says. I want us to think about it. I want, us, I want to run past that. I want to make sure we're all grasping that. We know by experience that God will always do what he says he's going to do. And so when God presents this challenge before you, whatever that might be, know that if God begins you in a direction, he will see it to completion. Look at Mary's response to Gabriel in answering these questions in verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Point number three, accepting the call brings peace. Think about the gravity of what God has just told Mary she's about to go through. Think about that for a moment. Think about it socially. Think about trying to explain that to your friends and your family, to your fiancé. Think about the physical. Never had a baby, been around when one was born, doesn't look fun. Okay? Mary's going to have to face that. By the way, she wasn't ready. She hadn't made a plan, didn't have her finances in order. God showed up and said, I'm about to do a thing through you. We aren't given a time frame for all of this story that we just read about how long that takes, but it reads as if it's happening over the course of a few minutes. And I think you agree with me. Go back and look at it tonight. You read through that and you go, yeah, this is a pretty quick thing that just happened. 
Think about how quickly Mary went from being confused and distressed and disturbed to completely on board with what God was doing. The course of a few minutes. Something incredible is happening in her life that gives us some principles, church, that you and I can immediately apply to our own lives. Acknowledging that you hear God and will obey Him is the first step in overcoming the fear. When God calls on you to fulfill a mission, be just like Mary. Feel how you feel and be honest with God about it. Ask questions. God is not bothered by your questions. Remember, He wants to be known. And how do you learn something? You ask questions. And then listen for God's response or responses, whichever the case may be. Then, the act of obedience begins the process of your eyes being opened. Make a decision to do what God is asking. Just make that. I was sharing with Bethany, we learned this years ago, like many, many years ago, 20 years ago, that when you're trying to pursue God for a decision, sometimes what's helpful is to just make the decision and then live in that for a couple of weeks and see if God speaks something different. Right? It's a good practice to do. So make a decision to do what God is asking. Do this, hear me out, even if you don't know the full plan. Choose to be obedient. And God's going to give you an overview. But trusting requires that we don't have all the details. If you have all the details for a plan, then it's not trust. Trust requires that you step into the unknown. If you knew every fertile you'd ha- you, you would face and how to respond before they appeared, there'd be no trust, no need for trust. God wants you to trust him to guide you in real time. In our story we read today, Mary didn't have a moment to sit down, think, pray, make a decision, live in it. It all happened. Boom, 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 boom. Angel shows up, says, this is what's going to happen. She's confused, asks some questions. Angel gives her some more information, and she ends it with, let it be so as have you said. If God's calling you to something, he's going to provide everything and everyone that you will need to accomplish that call. Our fear is transformed into peace and joy as God works in our lives. If we respond like Mary, Our lives are going to be changed. We're going to learn enormous things about ourselves and about God. We're going to see in real time how our perception changes to the things that God says as he works in our heart. Just like we just talked about in our story, Mary, Gabriel shows up, she's confused, she's disturbed. By the end of that few moments, she's on board. We won't read this whole section today, but we know that after Mary hears from Gabriel, she visits her relative Elizabeth. And I want you to look at how Mary responds. Now, she's already made the decision, I'm doing this thing. Look at how she responds after she visits Elizabeth and experiences more of God's activity. She sees what God has spoken over her and Elizabeth has come true. And look at her response as she experienced God's faithfulness for herself. This is her personal experience. This is her response. Mary responded. This is in verse 46 and through 55. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one 
is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down the princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abram and his children forever. I want to note that there isn't a hint of fear in that praise. Is there? None. What is there? There's confidence. There's joy. There's peace. As we experience God's activity in our lives, we are going to be challenged. Hear me, church. As we follow God in this life, walking in obedience, doing the things he's asked us to do, we are going to face challenges. Even if we don't know God and we are walking through life in a broken world, we are going to face challenges. Regardless, God wants us to know him. And he's going to work through those challenges so that we can. If you know God, you're going to know him more. If you don't know God, you're going to get a firsthand experience of just how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. And when we face those challenges, I want you to hear me on this too. We are going to be afraid. It's going to happen. Another quick Uganda story. Second time I went, I'm in Uganda with my cousin Eddie. Great guy. Real loud and robust. He tells the story differently than I. Here's the gist of it. We're there. We're having a load of bricks delivered by some local guys that we're going to build this literacy center with. Okay? There's a discrepancy between the guy that's translating for us and the guy delivering the bricks about the price. It quickly escalates to the guy that's not in the delivery truck beating on a guy with a, I'm talking about a wrench, whooping his arm. And Eddie and I jump in the middle of that and try to separate them. And very quickly, we find ourselves in the police hut at the bottom of the hill in Uganda. Was Will afraid? Yep, absolutely. But guess what? God handled it. It was fine. Everything was cool. We're going to be afraid as we do the things God calls us to do. I did not expect that when I went to Uganda. By the way, I don't speak Karamoja. I can say hello. That's all I got. Okay? So it's not like I could translate and figure out what's going on. I don't know what's happening in the this, in this scenario. But God called me there to do a thing. We were doing the thing. Something happened. I was afraid. God made it okay. We're going to be afraid when we do the things God's called us to do. But I want us to remember a couple of things. Despite our initial fear, we need to relinquish control and trust God. Number two, God's presence and his agents in our lives will reassure us as we try to figure it out. The number three, that assurance will allow us to obey, and that obedience will bring peace. There will be no doubt in our minds that trusting Jesus was the right answer. As we move through Advent, as we prepare for Jesus' return, as we're teaching our kids about who Jesus is and why his birth is so significant, don't miss the opportunity to experience God in this way. Listen for his call. Relinquish control see his activity, and experience his peace. Don't be afraid because you have found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
we will be able to move forward in obedience with confidence because Jesus calms our fears. Let's pray. Jesus, I am so thankful personally for this message. Father, I ask that as we are going through the holiday season, as we're thinking about buying the gifts and visiting with family and doing all of those things, Father, if there's any area in our lives that is bringing fear, God, I ask that you would allow us to address that, that we would see it, call it what it is, and have honest conversation about it with you. God, give us all the the clarity, the presence of mind to see it, acknowledge what it is, and then let you work through that so we don't spend this Advent season in fear. Jesus, calm the fear in us. Teach us to, to listen and to be present like Mary was, that in real time we can experience your love and your joy and your peace and your hope. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.